Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the Illini Choir Podcast, we bring the noise. Noisy huevos. The big noise. Brad Evans, our local and national bracket expert brad evans entertaining as always but yesterday we kind of reacted just to the illinois part of the men's and women's bracket today let's get perspective not only on illinois arkansas potentially illinois kansas but the entire bracket let's help fill out your and finalize your bracket with brad evans who's been watching college basketball all year just for you to give you some advice about what he thinks of these regions sometimes it's good advice sometimes it's bad advice but he lives up to it he owns it no matter what um, and uh, we'll get his insight on the West, the Midwest, the South, the East, what Big Ten teams can advance to the Sweet 16. Brad's got an interesting answer uh, on that one, and uh, you'll want to hear that. But also gives you some potential upset specials and the teams he really likes to advance far in the NCAA tournament. So that is coming up shortly. But first, when I bring up the names Frank Williams, Sergio McLean, Marcus Griffin, Jerry Hester, and others. Of course, you think Illini basketball, but you also think Peoria basketball. For two decades, the Peoria to Illinois pipeline powered one of the greatest eras in Illini hoops history. And now you can read the inside stories and the behind-the-scenes tales of these players and more in an engaging and insightful new book. It's called Playgrounds to the Pros, Legends of Peoria Basketball by Jeff Carson and published by the University of Illinois Press. You can find your copy, get your copy, wherever you shop for books online. They just sent me a copy of this great book, great for any basketball fan, Illini basketball fan, Central Illinois, Illinois basketball fan, Playgrounds to the Pros, written by Jeff Carson, the legends of Peoria basketball. Brad Evans breaks down the bracket next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, the brackets are out, so we got to talk to our bracket expert. He's Brad Evans, Valley Sports, been filling out his bracket big board all year. Brad, let's let's go with your beloved, the Fighting Illini. Get a nine seed uh, in this bracket. Uh, how'd you think Illinois, uh, Illinois got treated by the committee here? Yeah, I thought they were straddling the nine ten line, quite honestly. And I think a lot of us were ultimately disappointed uh, that they were a single digit and not a double digit seed uh, because of the history there that is involved with eight nines versus ones. If you can even survive in advance, and right now I think that is the sixty four thousand dollar question with the orange and blue is uh, whether or not they can fend off Arkansas and, and move on to the next round and uh, get that uh, rematch of sorts with Bill Self uh, and the Kansas Jayhawks, which would just be incredible uh, for all the storylines, for all the drama, uh, must-see TV, to say the least. And Illinois uh, fans uh, will be sacrificing as many chicken wings as possible, <laughs> I believe, watching that um, – you know, matchup happen, and, and hopefully they can exact some of that vengeance and revenge on self. But yeah, I mean, it's fair uh, what they end up uh, getting. I, I thought, honestly, the committee did a fairly good job. The only question marks I had was Rutgers not getting in. Uh, I thought they were in fairly comfortably as an 11 seed, avoiding Dayton. Uh, instead, uh, you put Nevada in, which uh, I think was highly suspect in, in terms of their overall profile, though the net ranking was pretty good. They had some of the good quarter one wins, but it was kind of a Pax Wall versus Mountain West conversation. And you know me, uh, I'm a strong advocate for the Mountain West Conference. I, I've watched an obscene amount of hours of like Colorado State games this year, for example. So, um, you know, it's, it's good for that league, but that one... But to me, they missed on. And then Texas A&M got the shaft uh, as a seven seed. And I thought they had the profile of a five. I think ultimately what it boils down to is if you lose to the dregs of the keg uh, in your league or outside of the league, like, uh, you know, Texas A&M losing, I don't know, Murray State, for example, uh, who was way down this year, or Rutgers losing to, say, Minnesota, uh, that really dragged the profile down for both those squads and ultimately – uh, they didn't have a surplus of quarter one wins necessary to move Texas A&M up a couple of lines or Rutgers into the field. You kind of look at this Illinois-Arkansas matchup, Brad. Do you kind of see the Spider-Man meme um, uh, of two teams that are very talented, but you know, really inconsistent and, and frustrating at times? So what do you think of this matchup on the court between the Razorbacks and Illini? Yeah, they are a mirror image of one another, statistically speaking. There is no question about that. I mean, you look at the full body of work, and uh, Illinois built skyscrapers from outside, north of 300 and three-point percentage offense. And, oh, what a quinky-dink. Uh, Arkansas right there in the exact same category, number 304, according to Ken Palm, in three-point percentage offense. Uh, both defend stoutly and well. I think Arkansas, a little bit higher defensive acumen, 
overall. But, you know, when you look at the numerics that bear out, uh, they're both outstanding in that regard. Uh, depth uh, about the same for each team. I-, I think, honestly, what it really boils down to is guard play, as always is in the NCAA tournament and single elimination formats. What version of the backcourt are we going to get with the ILL, right? Uh, Ken Epps uh, come in and, and resemble the player we saw at times down the stretch pre-injury, you know, before the concussion. Uh, he's going to have some fog, some lingering effects. It's good that you have this multi-day cushion that's built in. And, you know, you could say, hey, uh, Illinois, uh, extremely disappointed the Big Ten tournament. Uh, exiting stage left the first game to Penn State, but it gave Epps some additional time to get himself back and prepare. So that's the silver lining for getting ousted uh, from that exercise immediately. Uh, but, you know, Nick Smith Jr. is a legitimate pro. Guy can get buckets everywhere, uh, whether on the baseline, whether driving the cup, whether stepping outside and knocking down shots from three. One of the few guys that can do that somewhat consistently. Uh, and I like the front court of Arkansas. And again, uh, they defend at a high rate. I think the biggest difference here in this game, when you break down the numbers, and I did the research, that's why I'm looking at my pad of paper. I'm going to tell you exactly what I found using Bart Torvik. And I yeah. like to geek out uh, with all the uh, you know measurements on that side and the date ranges you can use. So since February 1st, uh, Arkansas is number th- 23 overall, according to Bart Torvik's advanced analytics. Illinois during that stretch, number 82. Uh, give me a bucket now so I can barf in it. Uh, that is a problem. Arkansas playing at a higher level, though the record may not show it at the most opportune time. Illinois really the antithesis of that. And if that uh, mediocre, bland version of the Illini shows up, uh, they're going to lose. And unfortunately, uh, they're not going to score the cover either. So I like Arkansas in this game. Yeah, if, if Illinois does win this game, what do you think has to happen? Brad, is it just Meyer, Shannon, going God mode like we've seen in spurts at times? Yeah, I think uh, Coleman Hawkins is is absolutely going to be key from a defensive end because I think he is one of the guys who has the versatility, the shot blocking skills, obviously, the length, uh, which is highly disruptive, to maybe somewhat put Nick Smith Jr. in check. I'm not saying he's got to shut him down completely, but keep him under like 15 points. I think that's the magic number there. Um you know, Council is the guy that can really light it up for all points on the floor as well, but his shot's been so much erratic, uh, you know, compared to earlier season outputs. Like, you know, I remember those games in Maui. He was nearly automatic from, like, a range of 15 to 25 feet. Uh, the guy was just draining buckets left and right. Uh, hopefully that version will not show up. Uh, and then the other key, I think, for Illinois is this. Uh, somehow, Matthew Meyer with those step backs, and I, I, I just know how... Uh, comfortable these guys are shooting threes and it's so uncomfortable for all of us to watch you're like what are you doing put the ball on the deck and drive quick and complacent with the outside jumper Meyer uh but if he has those step backs and he can knock him down I think the magic number here for Illinois is like eight threes if they get eight or more triples in this game Illinois is winning uh, because I don't see, and you know, again, uh, night in, night out, anything can happen in college basketball. Arkansas having really an out-of-body experience in their own right in draining eight or more threes. So if Illinois uh, limit the turnovers, uh, win the battle of the boards, somehow neutralize Nick Smith Jr. with Coleman Hawkins' defense, and then edge Arkansas in the three-point game, oh, we get that uh, lovely 
matchup more than likely with the Kansas Jayhawks in round of 32. And if that does happen, I will drink every bottle of tequila <laughs> at Casa de Evans, and I have a lot. Yeah, if uh, if Illinois wants people to remember this season fondly, uh, they have a path to do that, Brad, uh, with, with Kansas potentially in the second round. Let's look at this West region, Brad. Uh, Kansas was in the conversation at one point for the number one overall seed. I think they got the third number one overall yeah. seed with Houston going above them. Um, and I don't think they got helped very much by the committee, but I'll let you break down this, this West region. What do you think about Kansas? How good are they and, and how tough is their path with Illinois or Arkansas in the second round and potentially UConn uh, in the Sweet 16? Yeah, this is a murderer's row, man. Uh, this is by far the most rough and rugged section of the bracket that you'll see. Uh, I have a number of teams that could come out of here, uh, quite frankly. Um, the team, I, I posted on uh, my Twitter feed, at Noisy Cuevos, a pair of my brackets. I always print the bracket off immediately, and it's my gut bracket. Mm -hmm. You know, just based on the thousands of hours of basketball I've consumed, all the numerics that are dancing around in my head, and uh, those one-on-one -on -one matchups, who's going to, you know, outperform who. So I put that all together. And in, on the gut bracket, I took UCLA, uh, you know, despite uh, losing Clark and Bona, uh, which are going to be uh, major punches to the gut they're going to have to try to absorb uh, to survive this region. But I did an analytical bracket today, and in that one, I took UConn. So uh, bar none here, the, the bottom line, moral of the story is uh, fade Kansas. Uh, I don't think the Jayhawks are really constructed to make a deep run uh, in this region whatsoever based on the tough road to hoe here. And the good Grady Dick has got to show up. Uh, they live and die by the good Dick or the bad Dick. <laughs> and insert sophomore joke here. Uh, but, you know, when the good Dick shows up, uh, they can uh, really do some damage in the box score and advance on and, and maybe – get back to the Mecca college basketball. But if the bad dick shows up, well, unfortunately, lack of a better word, it's a flaccid performance <laughs> for Kansas. Only you. Only you, Brad Evans. <laughs> uh, too easy. I, too I, easy, I, man. I, I, I'm not editing that whatsoever, and I love it. Uh, let's see. What what intrigues you most outside of Arkansas, Illinois, as an Illini guy? Uh, what, what intrigues you most first round in this, this matchup or, or potential Cinderella for you? I got two, actually. Oh. Uh, VCU St. Mary's, I, I find fascinating. Yeah. And we got a little bit of a, a clue, some breadcrumbs to St. Mary's and their general weakness against Gonzaga in the WCC final. Uh, Gonzaga was basically playing like token pressure in that game. They were not white on rice uh, at times. They have like a couple of guys bring pressure in around the half court line or some token pressure when you had the inbound. And St. Mary's was folding. Uh, to that simple pressure. It's like one-on-one -on -one level stuff, and they don't really have the ball handlers, uh, despite, I think, Aiden Mahaney's uh, ceiling is uh, being on NBA roster for the next 10 years. Uh, they don't have any really uh, consistent, reliable ball handlers outside of him. So that's an issue against VCU, which is still playing that Havoc style that Shaka Smart implemented years ago. Uh, they're forcing uh, opponent turnovers 23% of their possessions. I see that being a classic 12 over 5 upset. And, and the other game I find ultimately fascinating in this region is Boise State and Northwestern. Hmm. And I, I kind of have a soft spot with the Wildcats because they just, you know, they've been the dregs of the cake of the Big Ten um, for the most part for several years. And me growing up, they were the laughing stock, except for Evan Eschmeyer, who's like the greatest Wildcat of all time. 
Uh, but few I love good the high solid, back good, in the days. A few good solid Sherna years in there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some, I mean, there were some solid instances. Carvel Ammons, uh, former Centennial grad, a guy that I graduated with from Centennial High School here in Champaign. Uh, he played there for a hot minute. Uh, but regardless, uh, this is the best draw possible, I think, for Northwestern to 7-10 matchup because they're mirror images of one another. Uh, the Wildcats and the Broncos of Boise State. I think Boo Booey shows up. I think offensively, which they've been somewhat inept at times, uh, they're going to be able to ratchet up. And I've watched Boise State. They played some discombobulated and mindless basketball at times this year despite having an older group of individuals. I like Northwestern to win one game. Uh, and then they will likely face UCLA despite their injuries and the likes of stage left. But, yeah, a lot of enticing matchups really in this region. Loaded, loaded region. Let's go to the uh, Midwest where Houston gets the the number one overall seed here, Texas the two. Uh, then, of course, uh, Xavier the three, Indiana the four. What do you think of, of this region? What stands out here, Brad? Uh, Indiana got uh, royally screwed, mm. and I think Indiana's in trouble in round one, wow. quite honestly, because Kent State is coming in with a buzzsaw that is cranking at a high RPM, and they're going to get sliced in two. I really, frankly, believe uh, the fight in Antonio Gates or Julian Edelman's. Uh, I, I know him from Verizon commercials. I think those guys, um, you know, could really – exit stage left there, Indiana in the process. You look at Kent State, an outstanding defensive team, man. They really get after you. Uh, they were number one in seven different defensive categories in the MAC conference this year. Uh, I know who Shafino's really turned his game on. He can get buckets anywhere. Jackson Davis, uh, we all know his story unfortunately from watching him in person. I'm, I bared witness to it. Illinois losing to them and his pure domination in that game and what he can do, and he's a legitimate pro now, uh, given the frozen ropes that he is throwing as a distributor. Um, you know, those are matchup problems for Kent State, but they will find a way to pinch. Uh, they will find a way to challenge contest shots, and they're not bad offensively either. I think that is ripe for a 13-over-4 upset in that region. Um, and the other one, too, that I really want to zero in on, uh, watch Mississippi State-Pittsburgh in uh, the first four matchup in Dayton because we have seen a lot of success with first four participants uh, since uh, it was introduced in 2011. All but one year, uh, first four team has gone on to win another game. And I think this year, it's going to be the Bulldogs and Mississippi State because they play outstanding, extraordinary defense and I think they match up quite well with Iowa State uh, in that six-love matchup, assuming Mississippi State does get past uh, the Pittsburgh Panthers, which I think is entirely doable. Who do you like coming out of there, Brad? Uh, Tejas, Texas. Um, you know, they're playing at a really high level right now. Uh, they really defend extraordinarily well, and they, they've done a good job in road-neutral matchups in terms of defense. Number 49 at EFG defense. Uh, they force the eighth-most turnovers in road neutral games of any team in the country, uh, 22.3% of opponent possessions. Uh, you know, I like Carr. Uh, I like their guard play. Uh, they've been, you know, unreliable at times offensively. That is a concern. Uh, but I think defense, it wins championships and oftentimes advances you on deep into the tournament. And they possess uh, that skill. Though I tell you what, I think Penn State's going to beat Texas A&M. And that Penn State team, if you're going to get a, 
another one of those kind of vintage uh, two seed early exits, which we have seen in nine of the last 10 tournaments uh, before the end of the first weekend. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State pulled the rabbit out of the hat there, man. I, I, it's just my favorite team, honestly, yeah. to watch right now in college basketball are the Nittany Lions and how they execute offensively. Just just a joy, pure joy uh, to to take in. Unfortunately, I hate to say that as an Illinois fan because uh, I got to watch it three times this year. Yep, and Shrewsbury's going to turn it into a better job pretty quickly here. All right, let's go to the south where Alabama, the number one overall seed, has looked pretty indestructible here recently. Yep. Virginia is the four. Uh, Arizona, the two. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Baylor is the three here some fun offensive teams uh in, in this region but what stands out brett alabama uh it is uh their road to the final four in my opinion out of this region um you know they're the number one and number ones for a reason uh they are plus 800 right now to win the national title plus 190 at bet mgm to come out of this region and i think they will um, you know, they, they play controlled chaos is the best way to, to really describe it. Uh, you know, they fly up and down the floor. They force a lot of opponent turnovers. They crash a glass relentlessly. And not only that, too, but they bombard you from three. And they make them. Uh, with Quinterly, uh, with, of course, Brandon Miller. You know, despite all the controversies that have been tied to this program here the last few weeks, uh, they're the team to beat in the South. And I think really the only team that could challenge them if they bring their A defensive game, which uh, you don't know what you're really going to get, night in, night out with them. In that regard is Arizona, because Arizona can you know run with Alabama. They can score prolifically um, and match them bucket for bucket uh, with Kirkreza, with their bigs in the interior, and Tubalus, uh, who is uh, undeniably the best player, in my opinion, in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, those are the two destined to clash, I believe, in the Elite Eight with Alabama squeaking by and making it to Houston for the Final Four. So, uh, to me, the South region is probably the most predictable region um, by the numbers that I've seen and through the eye test results as well of all the four regions in this field. Anybody that you think can can cause a little chaos in this region? Yeah, two teams. Uh, Charleston. Uh, number one, I, I think they're going to taste sweetness. Uh, the Cougars have won 30-plus games for a stinking reason. Uh, they're a team that can fly up and down the floor. Uh, they relish a, a brisker pace. Uh, they're outstanding offensively. In row neutral games this season, uh, they're a team that is well inside the top 100 and affect a few goal percentage offense, and even better defensively, number 25 in EFG defense. They have strong guard play. They have depth as well. And they jack a boatload of three-point shots. Uh, I think San Diego State, uh, as talented as they are, as great of a season as they've had in, in the Mountain West, and they're very good defensively. They're a bit clunky offensively, north of 200 EFG offense in row neutral matchups. And I know Matt Bradley uh, can hit some clutch shots, but I think Charleston wins that game. I think they're going to win the next game, whether it's Virginia or Furman. And watch out for Furman. I love them plus five and a half. Uh, by the way, against UVA in what is sure to be a low-possession game because that's how UVA plays. And then the other uh, team I love in this region is Creighton. Uh, mm -hmm. It is in process right now, but I just uh, posted my bracket flames on ballysports.com, and uh, the lead feature is on the Creighton Blue Jays, uh, a team that I have a 30-1 to ticket on, admittedly, to win the national title. Uh, they're fringy right there, borderline top 25 and adjusted offensive, but they're very much inside the top 20 
and adjust the defense efficiency. Love their starting five. Love Ryan Kalkbrenner, their guard play with Nimhard and Alexander. Uh, I, I, they got the goods, man. Shireman can hit his threes. Uh, that team is just stingy, and they can splash. They can be soaking wet over multiple games. They'll get by NC State. They're going to beat Baylor. And uh, if they match up against Arizona, they'll push them in limit. No question about it. Yeah, I like a lot of firepower on that one. All right, Purdue represents the Big Ten. They get the number one seed after winning the Big Ten regular season title and the tournament title. But not a very popular pick to go very far, Brad. I've seen a lot of people not even having them make the Sweet 16. What do you think about what they drew in the East region here? I, uh, I'm with the consensus uh, here. I, I'm fading Purdue and I'm fading them hard. Uh, no question about that. I mean, look at Purdue and uh, road neutral games this season. Number 116 EFG offense, eh, subpar, but even worse defensively. Number 145 in EFG defense. And the book is out on how to defend this team. Double team Zach Eady, forced to kick out game and let Lawyer and Newman and Gillis and you know some of those outside shooters try to beat you. And normally it works. And even if it doesn't work for much of the game and they're hitting their outside shots, Purdue does not possess a killer instinct. We saw it on display in the Big Ten Tournament Final. They were in complete command, complete control against Penn State, and then just fell asleep at the wheel, and then Indy Lions cut it to one, and then, uh, you know, Purdue's like, oh, 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 we gotta grab the wheel! Gotta get back on the road! And they figured it out, and were able to survive and get the auto birth uh, in process. So, uh, that's a concern of mine, and uh, I think Purdue is going to exit early. I said this uh, weeks ago, they're not gonna survive the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. I'm sticking to those guns. I got Memphis mm. winning in round one against FAU and beating the Boilers to taste sweetness here in the end. Yeah, so who else do you like in, in this? It's really intriguing what Shaka Smart's done at Marquette, but Jerome Tang's done year one at Kansas State. Oh, and then you throw Kentucky and Duke into the mix here. This one feels wide open. It really does, and the bottom half is got to represent, I think, in the Final Four, whoever emerges from that grouping. Uh, Marquette has a positionless basketball team. Uh, one that's playing an extraordinarily high level right now, offensively, defensively. They force a lot of turnovers. They uh, really uh, exploit those mismatches that they create. They got outstanding guard play. They have the goods to go deep. But I like Duke even more. And I know it's trendy. Uh, I know everybody and their great-grandmother at ESPN is on the Blue Devils, uh, maybe contractually because of the ACC money that's coming into that network. Uh, but Duke is for real. And they are defending. Uh, they're shutting people down since Valentine's Day, Jeremy. At, again, Bart Torvik, me, he can out to the date ranges. Uh, they are number eight overall in total efficiency, and a lot of that is stoked by their defensive prowess that they have shown. They're, you know, when you have a seven-footer in Filipowski, uh, who can really rim protect, uh, he can also beat you inside and outside offensively. Uh, Roach has really stepped up his game offensively. I, and I like some of the other complimentary players. You know, Grandison's has moments, a former Illini there. I, I think Duke uh, really is the team to beat in the East. And I might be somewhat biased because I have a plus 900 ticket out on them at BetMGM to represent in the Final Four. There you go. Uh, I, this, is, this is a hard question probably to answer. Wh which Big Ten team do you think has the best path to the Elite Eight? I won't even say Final Four. God, uh, I haven't even thought about this because I have no Big Ten team uh, in the Sweet 16, as a matter wow. of fact. 
<laughs> I, I, I don't. I look. It's it's been a subpar, just yeah. bland league for the most part, and you know it's it's devolved over the year. Um, and maybe it's a cannibalization of the Big Ten in itself, and why teams have kind of looked the way they've looked. But I don't see anybody really surprising. I don't think anybody possesses, whether statistically or through the eye test, the necessary skill set or characteristics of a team that can make a deep run. Again, the only team, and it's unfortunate where they got their draw, because I think Texas is damn good right now, is Penn State. Penn State, to me, is the one squad that could, you know, pull the shocker special of sorts and win a couple of games in in the tournament and reach the Sweet 16. Outside of that, um, I'll say no. And if you can give me odds, somebody, hey, BetMGM, hook a brother up. No Big Ten team makes the Sweet 16. What plus money is that? Like plus 700, 600, whatever it is, give it to me, and I'll slap a few bucks on it. Yeah, because most of these are 7 to 10 seeds, right? So you get a 1 or a 2 seed before you get to the Sweet 16. So that's why I guess I'd pick Indiana, Brad. But I, like you said, they, they got a bad draw, and it's dependent on Jalen hood Shafino, a freshman. So that's where it's really difficult because I, I know Trace will show up. Um, so maybe they can win a couple games, but that's rough. Rough look for the Big Ten. All right, Brad, before I let you go, and always appreciate your time, give people one piece of advice for filling out a bracket, for finalizing their bracket. Yeah, look, uh, I, I've seen a lot of people respond to my gut bracket that I posted, the analytical bracket that I posted on my social media, and they're like, it's too chalky, man. There's going to be so many friggin' upsets this year, bro. You're so off. And they get too cute with it. Uh, they fall in love with way too many Cinderella's. And I'm not as promiscuous as maybe some individuals may claim they are uh, when it comes to dating Cinderella or multiple Cinderella's. Uh, I'm kind of a, a a one lady or one Cinderella kind of dude. Uh, so for me, you know, don't go wild and crazy with the upsets. And to be honest with you, if you want to win your bracket pool this year, you probably got to fade Alabama. Uh, I, yeah. It's like 35% that I have seen so far of the brackets at Yahoo Tourney Pick'em. Uh, as just one example, has the Crimson Tide winning the whole shebang in order for that to happen, for you to win, you're going to have to clean up in the early rounds uh, to be that differentiator when the scoring comes in. But if Bama gets knocked out early and somebody else takes the cake, that is going to give you a monumental leg up in overall scoring. So just a little footnote there. Fading Bama may be a road to uh, making some money, whether you're at the Esquire or uh, I'm going to Huber's later and picking up some yeah. bracket sheets. I hope they still have the game going on there. I love I love the local bar pools in Champaign. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. Follow him on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos. Brad, uh, appreciate your time. It's awesome to have somebody local that gives us their time to break down this bracket. Tell people what you got going on next couple weeks, man, because uh, we, we got to tune into you. Yeah, look, uh, I'm in full madness mode, as you can tell right now. Uh, That box has been checked. It's on my chest, for God's sakes, and blazing across the bird chest that I am uh, representing right now. Uh, I'm going to be in Vegas. Uh, I'm going to be at the Mandalay Bay, live on the line, presented by BetMGM. We are going to be live from that location uh, during the start of the tournament, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There is no greater joy... Uh, than watching uh, tournament games with random people you've never met in your life and you put your arm around each other after a few adult beverages and you're rooting for the same cause. 
uh, at the bitter end. And I also love this. If you're not familiar with the race to 15 bets, holy mother of God, is it a blast to chase. Uh, whoever scores 15 points first in a game, that's race to 15. Uh, and everybody seems to play it there at the Mandalay Bay uh, Casino and the sports book. So it's uh it's it's a wild roller coaster ride of emotions during those race to 15s, and I'll probably be on those every single game because I'm in Vegas. <laughs> Why not? Well, maybe I'll join you there, Brad. Uh, if Illinois can can pull these upsets and shock everybody uh, around the world, but Brad Evans, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Good luck, bracketologist. The noise was thoroughly rotten. That's what Brad Evans does. But it is awesome to have somebody uh, with Illinois background, Illini knowledge, obviously, but also with the the national credibility and national knowledge like Brad Evans to hop on with us. So we appreciate him doing that as always. I got to tell you guys, people have talked, I've talked to this about Piper, Wagner, Latulip. I didn't even bring it up with Evans. He probably would have crushed me for this. I'm trying something this year because I kept why wouldn't you fill out a bracket right like it's fun but I find myself every year rooting for my bracket rather than just like watching the games and enjoying the madness so I'm like putting myself through an experiment of not filling out a bracket this year you guys are throwing tomatoes at your your screens or your car windshield I, I would advise against that but I'm, I'm just trying it. It's an experiment this year, and I feel like this is the best year to do it because any of us really know this college basketball season of them all. Like, you might not get, you know, an eight seed in the, in the final four, but it just feels like seeds three through nine, ten, whatever. There's so little separating all those teams. Like, Brad Evans brought up Creighton. I love Creighton. I, I love their roster. I would probably pick them to make the final four or, or the elite eight in this one, but I don't really have strong feelings. Otherwise, besides Alabama, I really like Alabama, um, but it's just, I don't have those stronger feelings this year. And I, I've, again, I've said this, I just find myself reading for my bracket and I feel like that ruins it a little bit. And then some people say, that's the point. What two up screamed at me via text message <laughs> is, is you're rooting for your bracket. And then you get to kind of wear it as a badge of honor, how terrible your bracket is. I get it. And I'll probably bounce back to it, but I'm just trying. It's hard not to fill out a bracket. I, I mind you, but covering Illinois, I've just kind of been, you know, focused on them the last two days. I haven't felt the need to do it. And, uh, I'm going to try it. I'll report back on, on how it feels about not filling out a bracket and what it's like going through the tournament. But I feel like it's a, like a weight off my shoulders. I don't have to worry about, ah, I'm going to root for this five seed to not lose to the 12 seed because I picked the five seed. That's not the 12 I picked. Or, you know, I, I'm one who, by the time the Elite Eight comes around, I'm done with Cinderella. I want the best teams. But I do want Cinderella to get to the Sweet 16. I, I do want to root for that. So that's kind of what I'm working with. It's probably a terrible idea. It's probably going to go awfully for me, but I, I'm just try. I've wanted to try it. I've been too chicken to try it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna not fill out a bracket this year. Is my sports fan card removed after that? You know what? I don't care. I'm doing it. I'll report back. 
Anyway, thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. we got a lot coming up this week. Michael Tulip, uh, who hates my idea of not filling out a bracket, is joining us tomorrow. He can he can light into me about that. I'll allow him to do that. Uh, but we also got an NFL draft expert coming on to break down Illinois' top prospects, four guys that could go in this draft. We'll see if anybody can sneak into the, the late end uh, of the draft. But uh, we also talked about the Bears trade. Break down the top of this draft, the quarterbacks, what potentially the Bears could get at number nine as well. So we'll have that later on this week, uh, and we will have Michael Tulip. So, and then Derek Piper and I will be in Des Moines starting Tuesday, and then Joy Wagner will be in South Bend starting on Tuesday. So we will have you covered at Illini Inquirer. So now is a great time to sign up for a VIP membership to Illini Inquirer to check out all the content that is up there. Of course, just $1 for your first month of VIP membership. Michael Tulip's going to have a film breakdown of Arkansas, the first-round opponent for Illinois. Uh, and we got plenty of football recruiting going on. Illinois really starting to put the put the focus on some targets. They've had a lot of Zoom calls, so I've been uh, following up with a lot of those prospects here uh, coming up, some of their top targets. And, of course, it is transfer portal season. The transfer portal window has opened. I wouldn't expect Illinois to fu- dive fully into that, though, Tyler Underwood, recruiting guy, is going to be all over that. Um, but there are some intriguing names, and you can check all that out at Alana Inquirer and 24-7 Sports. Everybody, great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.